With it being Global Black History Month, we just wanted to highlight some of the businesses and organisations that are doing things within the UK that you guys will be able to go out there and support. So one of the organisations that we wanted to kind of bring to your attention was a group called the Black Care Experience. And they are an organisation that really champion and focus on black children who are within UK's care system. Care system. Mm-hmm. They have an event happening on Saturday the 12th of February in East London between 10 and 3. And it's sort of directed to those people who are in care or are care leavers or even adult care leavers, as well as children, social care department staff. Um, so directors, managers, social workers, et al. What we're going to do is we're going to pop their link in the bio so you'll be able to get all of their information from there. Go out and support. Okay. Is that go? Yeah. Okay. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us on another episode of... I don't know what it's called. Still, Adoptive Mums in Training. We are adoptive parents of a little boy who is the love of our lives. For those of you that haven't been listening, we're going through the adoptive journey and we want to take you guys along for the ride. We talk about things that are part of our life, our everyday life with our prince, but also we talk about what is happening in the adoptive community and how we can, I don't know, better be informed. Mm. And that's kind of the journey that we're on. My name is Maria and as always, I'm joined by the beautiful... Oh wow, beautiful. Oh yeah. Just a wife, it's fine. Oh okay. (laughs) I'm joined by her. Oh, <laughs> not her, the singer, for those that might be into R&B. <laughs> yeah, no, not that one. No. Uh, I'm joined by the wife. Although I'm trying to be a bit anonymous like she used to be. Anyway. What are we talking about today, love? Well, firstly, mm-hmm. how you been? How's today what? been? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. I think this is the... F- no, it's not the first week because when he came home, I was knackered. I think this is the first week since we've been like fully fledged adoptive parents. Like I'm tired. I feel like we're working. Mm-hmm. We we've got a child, and and now we're doing like all the things that we were doing before we had a child as well. Yeah, like yeah. going to visit people and having conversations, staying up later. So it's like we're almost. We've got that parent life down. We've mm. got that kind of routine down. But now I'm try- it's like I'm trying to get back into the old ways, like oh, trying okay. to stay up until 11. <laughs> because like, I feel like, yeah, but the routine's in place. Yeah, but he still wakes up at five. Yeah. So you need to go to bed at 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and works a lot. But yeah, it's, it's fine. It's just a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm all right. What about you? Yeah, yeah, How are things with you? Um, You're super busy at work. Yeah, and I'm very tired. Mm. But I feel, I think I said this before, I I always feel like that. And this is life, isn't it? Yeah. Like it just got to come to the realisation and the acceptance that 
we're always going to be tired. That's it. We're just tired all the time. Yeah. I remember I'm, I said to you earlier, didn't I? Um, when I used to talk to like work colleagues and such that have children mm. already and they used to say, oh, it's really tiring being a parent. I always thought because they're children, teenagers and everybody that I spoke to as well, because they're teenagers, that's when you get tired because you're staying up late because on the weekend they're out and you're worrying about where they are because yeah. that's what you see on programmes, right? Parents sitting in the dark as their teenager walks through the door and they're yeah, like, and yeah. where have you been? So that was kind of my idea of a parent being tired. Yeah. When actually what they were saying is that no, when you, you once tired. you become a parent, <laughs> tiredness is the new is like your new sleep, mm. your new awake. That's just your new life. Tired. And it feels like no matter how much sleep you get, <laughs> it's it's never enough. No. You're just tired. It's it's like it's not the right kind of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You're always awake. I'll tell you what, the best sleeps I have mm. are afternoon naps. When, yeah, when he's napping. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so strange, isn't it? No, I don't think it is. I think it's because they're there. You know exactly where they are. Yeah, but I know that in, in the night as well. Yeah, but in the night he might wake up, he might be ill. He's waking up at stupid hours because he's got a wet nappy. So you're almost never fully asleep. Mm. You're always in that half awake mode. Yeah, yeah. Just okay. so you can hear them, just in case something happens, just in case he falls out of the bed. Yeah. But when he's in the bed with you and you're both napping, you know exactly where he is. You can hear him, you can feel him move. So you can just sleep. Yeah. And generally, you know that I'm awake. Maybe, yeah. So if anything should happen, like I'm awake awake. Mm, yeah, that's true. Those are the best sleeps. I need to start having more afternoon naps. I'm going to factor that into my everyday life. <laughs> Forget work. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Good luck with that. I know. <laughs> it's all right. My manager knows I like a nap anyway. So. She does. She does. I don't think she'll authorise it. Right. <laughs> she knows I like it. Don't, just don't bring it up in your one-to-ones, eh? <laughs> so... Obviously, over the weekend, mm -hmm. we had a couple of the nieces over, didn't we? We did, that which was beautiful. Yeah, over the weekend. Mm. Yeah, that was that was nice, isn't it? Was it was so nice. We haven't done it for what feels like forever. Yeah. But I guess they, they have their own lives as well, so it's very rare that we'd have to look after them mm. um, and also that they're not doing something over yeah. the weekend, so that we get to busy. have them. Yeah, oh my gosh. No. Kids, they're mad. <laughs> Parents are busy because of their kids. Yeah. Parents are not busy just because, no. like, they've got things to do. Nah. Children have a social life of a 20-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's crazy. But it was nice. It was nice having them over and... And watching him with them. Yeah, mm. as usual. And uh, just watching him navigate, having, you know, two other children here mm. and how he splits his time with them <laughs> he is a child that does like to give equal attention yeah 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 if he gives you a kiss he then needs to give me mm. a kiss yeah exactly. and then he needs to give you a kiss but before all of that we had obviously i had to go to the vets on friday yeah the family dog yeah he we had to well we had to put him down and that mm. 
I was saying to you, isn't it? Yeah, it was sadder than you thought. Yeah, so much more. Yeah, it was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Not harder, but more emotional. Yeah. I think I didn't expect myself to... Feel so emotional about it. Yeah, to get... just Yeah, because... I didn't think I was particularly that attached to him. I knew you were. No, and like, I I loved him. He was proper cute and stuff, isn't it? <laughs> but I didn't think I would I would be that emotional, and I wasn't at the time. I was, you know, that was. You felt it. Yeah. Yeah. But then, obviously, when the way well after I picked you up. Yeah. On the way home. And we were just talking about it. Yeah. Mm. And then I just start blubbering like a baby. <laughs> I wouldn't have put it like that, but okay. <laughs> but it really, it really made me think about just death, right? And I think just it made it very real. Yeah, you said that, like when you saw his body on the table, it, you saw death happen. Is yeah. what you said. Actually, that's what you said. You saw death happen, and that's. Yeah, that's just... I don't know, I don't... You don't really experience it like that. As in, when someone dies, it's not It's not often that you see it happen. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah, I know what you mean. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it's not... It's not... It's very... Well, no, is it rare? I suppose it's rare for us. We've never been through it. Sitting with somebody and seeing exactly. them become lifeless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... I mm, that's a tough one. I want to say I hope that I'm never in that situation. But then on the flip side, like, if and when my my grand does go, I want to be the one that's holding her hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she does have four children that I'm sure would want to be holding her hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, let's be honest, she'd prefer me. <laughs> we'll go with that. I am her baby. <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted to kind of say rest in peace. Yeah. Should we dedicate this episode to him? Let's dedicate this episode to him. Okay. We can put a little picture up of him. Okay, a good one, not the on the table. She also shows me the lifeless... No, no, no. Leave it out. You did. <laughs> you did that. Nice. Um, yeah, we'll have a picture of him. Cool. Dedicated to you. R.I.P. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, I saw, as ever, social media. Um, <laughs> I saw there's a documentary coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I think, on BBC iPlayer by a young man called... Ashley John Baptiste, mm-hmm. who I, I believe works for the BBC as like a reporter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I thought his name sounded familiar. Yeah. But maybe it's just the surname Baptiste. Yeah. That's quite a... A lot of people have got that name. So he has done a documentary on his... I suppose his experience of growing up in mm-hmm. care. Okay. But also sort of talking about his life without... His siblings. So when I say without his siblings, he was 
he's been in care. He was in care kind of all his life. Mm -hmm. And he'd been moved to various homes throughout. But anyway. It's a shame. Yeah. And, but it's common, isn't it? Oh, it's so common. But at age seven, mm-hmm. he was told. So this is at age seven, he got his life story. Yes. Yeah. Work. Mm-hmm. So the social worker went through that. Yeah, they him. believe that at seven, they're able to understand, to fully understand what's happening to them. Yeah. So they get cho- made, they get given choices. Yeah. Um, Children, sorry, get given choices. So he was, he's was given his life story work and at that point he was told he was an only child at seven yeah oh, okay so his whole life he's believed and was under the impression that he was an only child right like life goes on and randomly in his sort of a few years ago okay do we know how old he is now uh, i it's probably in the article but just looking at him, I would say late twenties. Oh, okay. So he's quite a young guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He's a young. Yeah. A few years ago, he got a message from a man. Okay. Sorry. That, yeah, that could sound really weird. Yeah. <laughs> he got a message from some guy uh-huh. claiming to be his brother. Right. And he was kind of like, but I'm only child. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't really know what to do with that. Anyway, he eventually kind of spoke to him and stuff and they found out that they have the same dad, but different mothers. Right. But also that there are other siblings siblings out there who, if I remember correctly, have all been through... The care system? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you know this, but Mm. is he... Younger than them, and therefore, maybe at the time he was an only child. No, he would have to be older than them for that to be the case. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But no, the the brother who messaged him was older. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. And so he's now, and apparently, they all live relatively. So they Local. were always all in the same borough? Or like... Well, they say, I mean, let's say they were all in London. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe not the same borough, but Right, so it's maybe still not the local. same council that looked after them. Yeah. Okay. I was getting to the, the council bit. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know that bit. But yeah, all in the same city. Yeah, it just says they were all local. Wow. Yeah, and it spent his whole... He spent his whole life believing he was... An only, an only child, child and went through this experience by himself. And right. he said, when talking to his newfound brother, mm. he said they kind of sp- spoke on and off for, you know, a bit of time, but mm. he never really felt the, I don't know if it's need, but essentially he never... Connection? No, he never met him face to face. Okay. So they always just spoke yeah. and then... It kind of just fizzled out. Fizzled out, yeah. Um, it's a shame. But then randomly, he was taking his daughter to a hospital appointment or something, mm-hmm. and then he saw his brother at the hospital, who and he was visiting someone, and he said he called out to him, and 
he wasn't sure if the brother was going to recognise him, or but he did, and he said they had a really, it was a really good talk. Yeah. And he said, actually, then they had this sort of impromptu, unplanned family photo, because he had his mm. daughter, and then, you know, him and his brother, and they took a photo, and he, he said a lot of things they were talking about, they had a connection and it, right. and it made him think what if he he knew me before when i was younger yeah if what if knew he knew other. them growing up how would life have been different because then he talks about you know at, at 18 cuz obviously when a child is 18 in the care system mm-hmm. they're left they're classed as an adult yeah and they're yeah. just left to their own devices kind of thing and he said, you know, he was living in a social, in a council flat and he had to fend for himself. He's trying to get into university, etc. Wow. But he said there was this real sense of abandonment, abandonment yeah. and isolation. Yeah. Because firstly, he's been moved from all these different Pillar to homes. post, yeah. And he said, you know, during the time growing up, he was able to form... He had a sense of, like, brotherhood with the other children that would be in the, homes. the care homes with him. But at the same time, they would often get separated because, you know, they're all moving to different care homes. So yeah. there was never real long-term connections. Yeah. Um, so, again, what, when he's now 18 and he's been left to himself, yeah. he's literally him mm. and it's almost a case of it didn't need to be that way yeah and I think because a, he had siblings yeah right okay yeah and so they had this connection because and I don't know if it's all of them but certainly some of them have would have been through the system as well mm. he had he has this major what if mm. you know what if I'd and also, known them, what yeah. if we had met, what if I just didn't know, what if I just knew I wasn't an only child? Yeah. Because m- maybe even the th- that thought would have been enough. Yeah. To, ma- to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all, he, in the documentary, and I've not watched it yet, but it's in the article that's on the site, on the news site, he, he asks his social worker mm-hmm. why... Where, where's the record? Like, why did no one know? Oh, now as yeah, an adult, yeah, yeah. his ox is so, his, the social worker that looked after him. Yeah. Right, okay. And, you know, they talk about everything was paper-based then and things go missing. It's now electronic, blah, 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 blah. Easier to make the connection. But it's not, it just feels, it feels like a bit of a rubbish. Yeah. Right? A hundred percent. It feels like a rubbish answer. It feels mm. like you guys just didn't care enough to make it work. Or see, like now mm. they've got it more centralised. They've got, when it comes to adoption agencies, they're still very much work as an agency. But when it comes to councils, they work in, in silos. So there's four different ones. There's the North, South, East and West. So they're more linked up. So where they were, if all mm. children were born in West London, 
there would they would there would be a link. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So they're all in that one system. But then saying that if one child was born in West London and the other child was born in North London, mm. there may not be a link still. Yeah. So that those things could still potentially today be happening. Oh, absolutely. Because all it takes is for a birth parent to move, like you say. Yeah. Uh, and I remember reading it in a book when, you know, we, we were doing our reading and stuff. Yeah. And I remember the woman said the birth mum would move yeah out of the area yeah and obviously in hope of you know keeping their the, child mm-hmm. and so that they could easily just drop off the system mm-hmm. or they go on to a new system and yeah like you say the systems don't talk and stuff this so is it it's 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 actually quite scary at how many cases there could be like this i think You'd hope it's improving over time, of course, right? But yeah. you know all those, you know, because he's not, he's not that old. Yeah, he's a young guy, mm. and so there's potentially more like him. And even, even not even cases like that, right? But even just sibling groups in general, they they say that around forty five percent of sibling groups are split up. Mm. Mm. And a big reason is because people don't have the space for them, right? And so they, 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 they think, and they think that they can't handle more than Multiple one child. Children. Yeah. Um, but space is a major, yeah, major thing. I, 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 we spoke about this when we, not first adopted, but when we were going through adoption. And I was like, I want a house full. Mm. And then you were like, okay, but we're going to have like two bedrooms. So and that's, that's it, one child. Yeah, we have two. <laughs> that is full. The the house is full. So yeah. like, where do you go from there? And I said like, it, it, would, it would make so much sense that for people that wanted to adopt, that they, and I don't know how it would work. And I'm not in, in, a, in, a, in any way saying, like, do this right now. But it would make sense that if people wanted to adopt and birth parents had more than one child and the only thing that was stopping the adoptive parents that had a birth, a a sibling was housing, why would they not just help them with housing? Yeah, I think the thing is councils are... They're overrun as well. They don't have the budget and that's another problem. They don't have the budget. Which is again why siblings are split up. Yeah, but it's not it's not good enough. It's is not it? good enough. Exactly that. It's not good enough because they can afford to keep paying a foster carer to keep a child and let this child bounce around when there could be adoptive parents that would be willing to take the child in, but just can't afford that extra child. They might even be able to bunk the two children up together. But actually, that means nursery fees. Do you know what I mean? It's a lot more. Mm. It's so much more. But why not put that that money that you're giving to a foster care and that child's going to bounce around? Give it to the parents that have already got the sibling. Mm. That's what I don't understand about the system. You're willing to let a child be bounced around and pay thousands and thousands of pounds, but you're not willing to do that for them to have a permanent home 
and live with their sibling and have a family. It just makes no... Maybe just there are some rules things we they don't do. know about. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, I do know that some, in some cases, there will be an adoptive allowance, but I don't know what what, what the those... criteria would be for that. You know. Mm. But yeah, maybe we just don't know the rules. And that's terrible because I don't know. Is I don't know. Is it for us to research the rules or we went through the training? So is it for them to mm. give us this information? But I think it's it has to be for them to give it to us to right? a certain extent. Because where would we find that? But also I think because it's going to be different for each local authority. Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like you know, the whole postcode lottery with IVF, school, schools. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's so many things that it's just, dependent on local authority so i think that would be another thing that would just come down to to local authority where was where did this i don't know if the documentary said but where did this take place where was he from um i don't know i don't know okay. if i read it in the art i don't know if i saw it in an article should i say but i imagine it will be in the documentary wow yeah i imagine so well, I'm glad that he found his brother, or that his brother found him, and that they had this crazy incidental meeting. Mm. Um, and hopefully they get to, I don't know, we're definitely going to watch that documentary. Yeah, now. yeah. Um, oh, that's it. Just I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing it because I think it will be an eye-opener. Mm. Because sibling groups, yeah, so many of them are split up. Far too many. Far too many. We know. Just in our little tiny circle. Yeah, exactly. I think all of them have siblings. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. They all have siblings. They all have siblings. One particularly very close to each other. Yeah. Um, Well, two particularly very close to each other. So. Yeah. And luckily. Go on. I was going to say, luckily there's contact, right? Yes. With the ones that we know of. Yeah. But even the, the other week when we went to our the, our meetup yeah. with the with the, the new group that, that we started going to that we spoke about last week, mm-hmm. in last week's episode, um, there are a sibling group within that. Mm. And two of the siblings are with one set of family and one of the siblings with another family. And oh, it just yeah. so happened that they had a mutual friend that was able to introduce them and so all of the siblings are able to see each other. Yeah. Otherwise, that would be three children that potentially didn't know each other. And are pretty local to each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, you know, different counties or it's... It's not cross-country. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing how many siblings... Are separated and it's so so sad because especially where so I think it's it can be slightly different if there's a child and then this child's placed into care or into for adoption and then the parents go on and have more children right mm. I think that's the slightly situation to a group of siblings that have been taken out of their family home mm. together mm-hmm. 
and then separated. Oh gosh, yeah. You know? Completely different. It still all kind of feeds into that whole identity piece, yeah. but it's it's like it's slightly different, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. I think the other thing that I read, which I thought was really, really good, and I think other local authorities should sort of take note. Mm. Um during the pandemic, so Derby City, they pioneered their council, they pioneered a what they called a rapid response team. Yeah. And that was essentially just supports vulnerable families during the pandemic. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of... There was a lot of talk, I remember hearing, a lot of talk of, you know, children not going to school. Yes. And actually, schools can be, like, the safety... Safe place. Yeah. yeah. Our school was the, the same. Um, and we so, were really worried. Yeah, Derby Council set up this rapid response to support vulnerable families kind of prevent more children entering the system mm. um and so I, it says over the past 15 months the team say they've helped 60 families that's stay amazing. together that's amazing and prevented 50 sibling groups from being split up wow 50 yeah i just heard about one at christmas that is it's amazing isn't it yeah and i think that's something more local authorities should try and or at least look into you know yeah because we've said it sorry i was just gonna say we've said it before i think there's a massive question mark around whether birth families get enough help are given enough support yeah 100 percent. and this almost helps that yeah what helps that that families are not given enough support because this was created and they've been given extra support. Yeah, and, actually, and then it's worked. Yeah, they've yeah. been able to stay together. <clears throat> Very true, but I think you touched on it earlier on. Where's the money coming from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what it always comes down to. It, unfortunately, but that's what it comes down to. And I think that if if government could find a way where, and, and I mean, like this is fairyland, right? Where money wasn't always the the problem, mm. the issue. And I, and I say that, and in the back of my mind, I'm already like, oh, <laughs> not going to happen. Um, but if people that had the skills to help birth parents become better and give their time, that would be great. Even if they'd done it voluntary, but where is it that the government could help out where th- those people don't lose out? Mm. So if we were to set up a group to help parents become better, not the best, because that's not what we ask, to become better parents, to become good enough parents, that's great. How do we get compensated? We don't need, it doesn't need to be a salary, Mm. but it could be 50% of your housing scheme. But it's not even that, it's not even, it's the, it's all like the admin stuff that would go with it and... Yeah, but that's, that's what I mean. Time, Those are the teams. It? But you they just need to be able to compensate them in a different way. It doesn't need to be monetary. I mean, the thing is that when you look into it deep enough, it is always going to be mm. monetary because you can't just say thanks. That thanks for that. That was a that was a great job. That, that's not going to work. But how is it that you can support them? I don't know. Give them a card that when they go into Asda, like all of these big companies support them. So when you go in there, you get a shop a month for free. Do you know what I mean? So if you do 10 hours, then you get 
X amount, you can spend X amount in your local Tesco's, you know? Yeah. So that it, it works more on a... But I, I don't, don't think... I think that's probably a simplistic way it, it, of yeah, looking but, at it. But some things so... can just be that simplistic if you put it into action, if you put it into place. But they're not willing to do that because they just think that everything needs to be monetary. And it doesn't. I'd quite happily give up 15 hours a week. Well, not give up. I'd quite happily help a parent 15 hours a week to be a better parent if I knew that we didn't have to pay for a shop next week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I still think it's... It is It is simple. But why does it have to be complicated? No, I just think there's more to it than... Yeah. You know? I'm sure that there is. I think it's more than, but I'm sure if they... than just paying someone. I don't think... I don't know. I think there's just more to it just being a problem with a salary or... But I agree, they need... It needs to just... They need to take the plunge. Yeah. Similar to how this Derby Council... Yeah, they just, just took, took the, the plunge. plunge. Yeah. yeah. More, more local authorities need to be brave in that aspect because... It's worked, and this is this is the goal. This is the goal. Yeah. This is what everyone wants, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? You want families to stay together, so help them do that. Find a way. Yeah. Why not follow? Don't At least try it in a few more areas. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. I I still think that councils, local authorities, that social workers still think inside their box. I don't think that they think enough outside of their box to make big enough change or to make rapid change. But then that goes back to the right people. What do you mean? Who, who are these people? The change... This is where it comes back to, for me, you need people with experience adoptees oh okay people who've been in the care system mm-hmm. maybe these families you know that have it had, worked because of x who've had this experience <clears throat> who've been through this experience it take, it's for them to talk on it yeah to, uh, to educate push, to push the the or to be involved in any changes mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. take place yeah I like that. Thank you for bringing that to bringing that to the table. Yeah, well, like I said, I only saw it. I saw it just by chance today, but and I think he was even on the news this morning. But I don't get to watch that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the documentary is called "Split Up in Care: Life Without Siblings," and it's on the BBC iPlayer. It's available on iPlayer. I think it might be on BBC Three. Mm-hmm. But I don't know when, but it's definitely on the iPlayer. But I'll I'll add the link. Yeah, brilliant. I'll add the link to the news article, article. and this documentary as well. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's all. That's basically what I want to talk about this week. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, take care of yourselves and your little people. Have a great week. Yeah, we'll be back. Bye. Bye.